everyone. This is Leslyn Keith. I'm president of the board of directors at the Lipedema Project and director of research. Welcome to Living Well with Lipedema. Today, I have an excerpt from an interview with Mark Ravis from our Lipedema Worldwide Summit that was held in 2016. Mark is both a medical doctor and a lawyer who has been helping women with lipedema get coverage for medically necessary treatments. He talks about the process you must go through if you need to fight your insurance company. I'm a physician. I practiced internal medicine. I still maintain the licensing and privileges to do so in California. I am also an attorney, and I've been an attorney for 25 years, working quite a bit in the healthcare law field. First of all, let me say that lipidemia and its associated adipose disorders are not really taught in medical school. And I know for me, when I was first contacted about, you know, helping some individuals with these problems, it was a learning experience for me from a medical point of view. And the more doctors I talk to about this, I am not alone. I think most doctors are not trained in these disorders in medical school. They're given uh, very short, if any, consideration. So that's the first hurdle we face because the doctors that are reporting to the insurance carriers are not generally knowledgeable. They see people that are overweight as all just being uh, secondary to dietary indiscretions or, or lack of exercise, things like that, without realizing that some of these problems are beyond anybody's conscious control. So there is an aspect of lack of medical education. Now, some other key points are that so many women are involved with lipidemia and so many are afflicted with it. And I think up to, I've seen figures like 11% of female population, at least in the United States, that's millions of uh, women. So this is a huge problem. This has important implications for insurance companies because to the extent they begin to, or are forced to recognize this, they're going to be forced to pay huge sums of money to pay for the treatments, which are, you know, as we'll cover, uh, fairly expensive. They have every incentive to want to deny the existence of lipidemia and the associated disorders such as Durkheim's disease and so forth. From a financial point of view, the default position for the insurance carriers is to deny coverage for the treatment for the condition. In most instances, they will not even have a correct diagnosis so that when a woman realizes what she has, and that takes some doing too, I think women need to be very aggressive themselves and proactive in looking at the literature and not just accepting that they may be obese because of something they're doing wrong. Once they realize that they have lipidemia, either by going to a proper specialist and getting a proper diagnosis, that's the first step to being empowered. And then you have to present the case to the insurance company who may have the diagnosis wrong. And obviously, you're probably starting with your primary care doctor 
it's your health plan and trying to educate that doctor about these diseases. Maybe in some cases, I'm aware of, you're presenting the doctor with some literature saying, look, I've been seen by such and such a specialist, and they say I have lipedema, and here's some information about it. The insurance company is almost always going to say no. First of all, they're going to say, we don't believe the diagnosis, and that's where all the work you've done up to this point, showing them what the correct diagnosis is, where that's very important. Then the insurance company will say, no, we're still not going to cover this. We don't think the treatments you're recommending are medically necessary, or they're going to say that the treatment is experimental, or that it isn't covered under your health care plan because it's uh, cosmetic. That's almost always what's going to happen. Shouldn't feel bad, you know, if you get a letter like that, because everybody's going to get a letter like that, you know. So then you have to just go to work and start to show you have to appeal that denial to your health care plan. Now, let me just say a brief word about appeals. This has become much more friendly to the consumer since the passage of the Affordable Care Act in 2010. That act created a process for what's called internal appeals and then external appeals. That's federal law in the United States. So every insurance company must have an internal appeal process, and they must have in place an external appeal process. The internal appeal process is just kind of what it says. You're appealing to your own health care plan, asking them to change their minds. If they don't change their minds, you are entitled to go to an external review, hopefully impartial. It's supposed to be impartial review by outsiders not connected with the health care plan. Both you and the health care plan submit information to the external reviewer, and the decision of that review board is binding on the carrier. Anything that the carrier has used to base its decision on, the patient is entitled to. Not only that, the patient is entitled to their entire set of medical records. That's absolutely the law. Everybody wants to start there, should start there. Get a full copy of your medical records. You are also entitled to the communications internal communications like your your primary care provider is saying to the health care plan, what maybe a plastic surgery person is saying to the health care plan. You're entitled to all that information. And the law says this. You have to have it in order to know how to respond. You know, you can't refute something unless you know what it is you're refuting. I think you the chances for a success in an external appeal are actually not too bad. Because you have to remember, we're actually right in everything we're asking for here. And hopefully, when you get to the external appeal process, people are going to realize that. You're going to point out to them that lipedema is a very definite disease entity that is known in the medical literature. And that even though not necessarily well known by, you know, internists or 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 family practitioners, or even plastic surgeons, it is well recognized by the specialists who are trained to recognize it. (laughs) So you need to point out that it is a very definite disease entity. 
that this disease will progress and will become increasingly disabling because of pain and disfigurement and that you must get your care as soon as possible. You have to do this with the external appeal process. Show them that you've followed all the rules. And I think that the chances for next success at the external appeal are really not necessarily too bad. Again, if they issue a decision in your favor, the carrier is obliged to authorize that treatment. I am not advocating that people litigate, but I think if you show the carriers that you're very attentive to detail and to timelines and documentation, keeping good records of communications, keeping an organized file and a notebook, that they, I think, will worry that maybe if things don't go well, you might retain a lawyer in your state and turn this over to them and they might be faced with some litigation. That is a concern. And that is kind of, I think, an implicit threat, an implicit show of power on your part that you can do just by being very, very attentive to these kinds of to details. And in some cases, you may know lawyers in your communities that have experience with coverage issues and health care, and they may be able to help you out, help you with a cover letter, even submit some type of uh, non-threatening letter themselves in your support. I think the very fact that it comes from a lawyer is kind of an implicit threat that it could end up in litigation. But, you know, I know nobody wants to go there. The goal is to get your care as fast as possible and get better. You have to realize that you're not alone. There's women all over the country fighting insurance companies or getting ready to fight insurance companies. And I think organizations like what you have here, Lipedema Project and so forth, brings people together that have similar concerns and similar battles on their hand. I think people should connect with one another and bounce ideas off of each other, that's helpful. I think it would make the submissions to the appeal, internal and external appeal, better. And it will also, you know, it's mutual support. It makes a painful process perhaps a little less painful because you're not alone. You've got a lot of people doing the same thing. And you should support each other. And I think that would make this process better and make your ultimate effort better, too. Thank you very much for that really valuable information. And it's great that it comes from someone who both understands the the medical aspects as well as the legal aspects of fighting your insurance to get you the health care that you need. And thank you also to you, our listeners. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Living Well with Lipedema flash briefing. 